Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Uh, Landon, how are you doing today, sir? We're actually recording this on Sunday night, so you might sound a little bit more groggy than usual, but how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the end of the weekend. We're still, uh, you know, fully libated and, uh, and, 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 and just heading to knock this out because all of us have to face a, a cold, harsh, a hard Monday morning is basically what we're, fa- we're facing. So uh, we're doing this a little bit early, trying to squeeze the juice of the joy out of uh, the weekend as much as we can. Uh, I didn't even know it was the weekend. Days just kind of run together, now, right? right? Like exactly. <laughs> and, and let's be clear, you know, it's not like we aren't. Uh, well, at least I'm getting work emails all the time at this point now. So it really does seem like uh, it's kind of just this all never-ending single day that just keeps happening over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily for us, we've got a lot of Cowboys news yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Um, let's start with some good news, Landon. Yeah. Uh, Todd Archer reported on Sunday night. That Cowboys defensive end Randy Gregory has filed for reinstatement. Uh, that is official now, and you got to believe with the new CBA rules, uh, no more suspensions for uh, marijuana tests. They're still going to be tested, I believe, a couple times a year. Um, but again, no more suspensions, uh, no more missed games. Um, what does this mean for the Cowboys in general? Do they plan on you know building? Not really building a team around Randy Gregor, but counting on him in the 2020 season. I don't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things about this situation that are kind of unknown at this point, you know, and, and most of all being, you know, what kind of shapes Randy in, and 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 I guess the second most important thing is what kind of tabs have, have the Cowboys been keeping on what kind of shape Randy is in? Well, let's be clear, everybody in quarantine right now is probably not in great shape, right? What probably else are we doing sitting around watching yeah. Netflix and eating? So, well, but. <laughs> I think I think there's a difference between you know a, a guy who's been in the system uh, taking a few weeks off or sure, whatever or taking yeah. a month and a yeah. guy who's been all, out of football. So I mean, he, but we've he seen has, this from him before though. He's come no, in no, out no. of shape and produced right. Absolutely, so, and, and I, I have zero doubts that he can do it. I'm, I'm trust me, you're not talking to a Randy Gregory right, doubter right. here. It's more just that I think if we're talking about trying to measure what his impact is on you know influencing decision making. I think the first thing you got to know is what kind of awareness does the team have of Randy Gregory? If sure. they if they know that he's been hey hardcore working out this whole time, that he just needs you know tr- you know whatever OTAs or whatever mini camp we may even have mm-hmm. uh, and training camp to get it into shape, then maybe they do kind of not count on him, but maybe not make invest heavily there with the idea that maybe he could be a, a cheap but very good option. If not, otherwise, you'd have to think that they draft like he's not even on the team, and then you know whatever he gives you. So difficult, right? Yeah, I mean, I think whatever. I mean, the truth is, because of his cost, I mean, he's going to cost you nothing. Nothing. I, I think you can you can treat him like you know he's not there, and still invest resources there, and not feel like 
you're you know spending money over hand over fist because you you may get a, a home run resource who might be better than the guy the guy that you're paying or you know the, the guy that you're drafting uh and and you know who at that point who really cares what the price is yeah i feel like what his status is for the cowboys impacts so many different decisions let me give you an example uh today i kind of made the case on twitter that um the cowboys could, should consider maybe releasing tyron crawford saving $8 million this year, and then maybe using that money to go after an Everson Griffin or Jadavion Clowney. But if Randy Gregory is coming back and it's the same Randy Gregory that we saw in 2018, I'm actually more inclined to keep Crawford at that point because that's somebody who can start at right defensive end and can play with Gregory in passing situations as an interior rusher. So I, I do think what Gregory is you know, this upcoming season – Impacts a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about a mock draft in a little bit that as the Cowboys taking Clavon Chasen on the first round. If Randy Gregory comes back, I don't think you need to take Chasen at pick 17, right? It almost seems like a little bit of overkill. So I think the status of Randy Gregory, I don't think that's anything that we're going to know right now. We're not going to know how the team feels about him in his future. But I do feel like what happens with him will dictate a lot of the decisions the Cowboys make this offseason, correct? Yeah, and uh, until let's be clear, like you could always find a way to get those guys all on the field together. I mean, you could easily kick Lawrence into like a three technique. We've seen him do a little bit of that, sure, sure. And 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 then put those two speed demons on the outside, speed speed Gumby demon on the outside, and let's go to work and see what we can do. And heck, even in, in, add in Tyron Crawford, uh, or, or you know, now we've got Gerald McCoy, who's a pretty good option there as well. I, I think you know, there's there's ways to get combinations. Of these guys, you use them different ways. I, I, I just wouldn't necessarily because of the history and everything, and and because you just don't really know where he is for sure. I believe one hundred percent that he can come back and be a dominant player again, the way he did before. But I'm also not willing to put my money where my mouth is when it comes to an important position like pass rusher. So I have no problem with taking Clavon Chase on at at eighteen and or seventeen, and then. Um, you know, having both of those guys as options opposite to Marcus Lawrence is not a bad thing. Yeah, but I think it almost depends on who's there, right? And again, we yeah. can get yeah, this. of but course. Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah. like, okay, for example, let's just throw out the scenario that C.J. Henderson and Clavon Chase Hunt are both there. I'm probably more inclined to take C.J. Henderson there because of the, the chance that Randy Gregory comes back, right? That probably makes your defense have a higher ceiling doing that. But if the Cowboys aren't counting on Gregory. Well, then you might need to fill fill that right defensive end role, and that's where Chase on comes in. So, uh, a lot of different moving parts here. I'm sure we're going to get more information for, between now and the draft. Maybe Gregory will even be reinstated before that period. Uh, so again, we'll get some more information. But this is a great step in the right direction. I also think even before the new CBA was agreed upon. I think we got some whispers that the league was becoming more open to helping some of these players, right? Gregory was able to come back in 2018 uh, because of some of the relaxed rules. So I think Gregory's going to have a pretty strong case that he should be in the NFL uh, and it should happen sooner rather than later. So that's just something to monitor over the next couple of days. Um, let's go to our another, uh, next bit of news, Landon. Um, I want to talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Jane Slater from the NFL Network reported last week that the Cowboys had interest in Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he decided to sign with the New Orleans Saints on a two-year deal worth about $16 million, I believe it was. 
Uh, the Cowboys did have interest. I think she reported that it was down to the Saints and the Cowboys. How concerned are you now about the slot position, knowing that the team won't have Randall Cobb and they won't be getting Emmanuel Sanders, and now the free agent options are pretty thin? Well, I think the the market is pretty good. That's the that's the only thing, the kind of shining star there is that the market seems pretty decent. In free agency or the draft? Well, it, both. I mean, kind of taken as a whole. I mean, I still think that there's some people that they can you you can bring in uh, if you had to a free agency if you felt like you needed a veteran pro, uh, presence uh, you could bring a guy in you, you know you still have Tavon Austin if you if you I mean want to kind of hobble together a, a piecemeal position there you know between several different guys you want to do it by committee you could have you could have a couple different guys you know there's been talk about Philip Dorsett apparently. Um, he's a guy maybe you could kick in there with with the Tavon Austin and figure something out. And if not, you know, you can still always go to the draft. I mean, there's lots of these guys who either can be drafted as slot receivers or, if not, can be uh, guys you could probably kick outside and then look to maybe put Cooper in the slot more. Maybe maybe you think about putting, uh, you know, several of these guys in the slot. you still got some guys that you, uh, that you have on your roster from last season, too. Uh, and I think uh, what was the name of the kid from? Uh, God, I'm so bad. I remember these guys' names. The 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 the, the, uh, the I mean, but one of these one or two of these guys were were slot type players too. I think you could between that and between you know. Wait, are you said in the draft or the guys they have in the roster? Well, I think I think you. I think there's lots of options. Is what I'm getting at. Is that okay. I, I think if however you want to solve the, the solution, however you want to solve the position, if it's Going and getting a veteran, a couple different veteran guys, and and you know rotating the position with Blake Jarwin, you know, and and and, I, and the other thing to consider too is uh, Tony Pollard is going to have a say in the position sure. as well. So I, that's sure. what that's the thing about it is that I think you want to do something with Tony Pollard. You you want to do something um, with Blake Jarwin some more. So it, I don't know that you're necessarily always going to have that. Uh, slots for some big money third wide receiver all the time uh, so I think that it's not always the worst idea if they decide to kind of spend more cheaply on a, on a wide receiver solution there if they're trying to spread those snaps out to Tony Pollard, to Blake Jarwin, to other guys on the roster that they like there, you know what I'm saying? Sure um, I was just happy to look at uh, what about Julian Edelman? I mean he's older now, <laughs> 34, he's I mean I gotta believe he's not gonna available. fit this new. Yeah, I mean, I gotta think he's available because I don't think he probably fits this new scheme in New England. Uh, his numbers actually aren't too bad. Uh, his cap number is nine point six million, but I don't. I believe it's actually lower for the you know the next team that would acquire him. I, trading for old slot receivers is always a dangerous thing. Uh, would that be somebody you're interested in at the right price? No, I mean, because again, like if they weren't willing to pay Sanders. Six million dollars, uh, or whatever it was that he ended up yeah. getting. I, I tend to think that they're not. I mean, you know, Edelman, older. I don't know that he's got as much uh, that much more than Sanders does left in the tank, and you're, he's going to cost you no. probably probably uh, similar cash. I would think, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I also think I also think McCarthy probably wants more speed at that position. If I had to sure. guess, right? Yeah. I, I I kind of have a feeling that they're going to be going away from these older. You know, slot receivers. I just think they want to be a little bit more dynamic. You saw last year in Kellen Moore's offense, you know, they want to throw the ball down the field to Randall Cobb. 
I think yeah. Cobb was right at that you know last bit of his career where he could do that effectively. Uh, I, I don't think Edelman is at that stage of his career any longer. No, um, no. J- just a couple names really quickly to throw out there. Uh, you mentioned Philip Dorsett. I actually don't mind Dorsett. I think he's kind of got a bad rap the last couple of years. He was playing with a quarterback as great as Tom Brady is. That's no longer his strength throwing the ball down the field. I think if you put him in a dome with maybe a better quarterback, a uh, younger quarterback with a liver arm, I, I think there's a chance that Dorsett could you know, be a decent number three or number four receiver. So uh, that's somebody that we know the Cowboys have interest in. Um, a cu- couple other names just really quickly. Um, Rashad Higgins is a slot receiver from Cleveland. He's not all that fast, so I'm kind of ruling him out. Taylor Gabriel is interesting. Uh, played pretty well for Chicago when he was given the chance. Uh, he is older, but I don't think he's somebody who uh, is going to cost a lot. He can do a lot of the same things as Randall Cobb and Tavon Austin. Uh, just somebody to, to, to think about. Again, Tavon's a free agent. Uh, Justin Hardy, who has played in the slot for the Falcons. From that point on, the free agency market gets pretty pretty dim. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about some potential day three guys uh, in the draft that would fit the Cowboys, uh, you know, offense. Um, so make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about one more potential free agent uh, the Cowboys could target on the defensive side of the ball in the upcoming days. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, we know that the Cowboys uh, now have at least some interest in defensive tackle Damon Snacks Harrison, who last played with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Mike Fisher reported that the Cowboys are open to the idea of bringing him in. Uh, Let's first talk, do you believe that they are considering this, and how would he fit into their defense? Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're certainly at the point where – I don't know that they've had talks or anything that extensive, but I think there's interest there by certain people inside the organization uh, mm-hmm. and, and interest that is not um, impeded by the by the will of the defensive coordinator, uh, the defensive line coach, to kind of yeah, avoid these exactly. kind of players. So um, uh, I think that, yeah, I think that there is, you know, at the right price, obviously, at the right situation, um, I think some people have mentioned his. He's he owns a home. He's a Louisiana guy. Uh, he owns a home in Dallas. He lives in Dallas in the off season. So um, I think there's a couple different connections there. And um, and yeah, I think that there probably is at least interest to kind of kick the tires and see exactly what the deal is with what kind of money he would want. What you know, what what did he need to get it, to get it done to get him here? Uh, but I, I definitely think there's at least interest in having conversations 
Uh, I don't know if people have been contacted yet, but I, I would assume that there's enough interest for agents to be contacted on this. Yeah, so Harrison last year played a lot of nose tackle for the Lions. Um, and I would say his play dropped a little bit, but he's still one of the best run defenders in the NFL. Uh, if the Cowboys were to bring in someone like Snacks, how would that affect the rest of the defensive line? So, like, Antoine Woods is somebody who played a lot of snaps here last year. Is he somebody who now maybe wouldn't make the roster because you probably don't need to carry two of those guys you know, on the, on the team? Do they look for more hybrid guys maybe in the draft? Uh, what do you think they would do with the defensive tackle spot then? You know, I think that having two of them probably isn't the, the worst. I think you could still find a way to, you know, and I think Woods is also kind of caught between two worlds to a certain degree because, you know, he was kind of on his way down in weight, trying to lose some weight. But I think that what kind of unlocked his ability was he had been at a higher weight. Um, so maybe you could think about kind of maybe keeping him at his weight or maybe getting him to bulk up a little bit more too to just to kind of be, be another bully inside and, and you could probably carry him and then you know if you if you see an opportunity in the draft to you know in the third round or fourth round for uh, uh, a leaky Fotu or a, a Harrison from uh, from Ohio State or you know one mm-hmm. of those guys and you like what you you know or uh, or what's the kid from uh, Mississippi a little bit later uh, uh, Benito Jones Benito Jones yeah yeah you know, if you see one of those guys and you like him, he's an exclusive rights free agent. He's not a you know no one. He's not really tied to anyone on this roster anymore, as far as the coaching staff. So, if if you if you end up drafting one of these guys later, you can cut him down the road and, and go from there. It's kind of like with the, the that's kind of how I think we're at with the slot wide receiver position too. To kind of wrap that up, it's like I think that at this point the market is what it is. They'll kick some tires on some guys, but let's draft. And let's see what we see. And if we get some guys in there that, that fall to them, they probably have a couple different targets that they like. And if they if one of those guys falls to them, then that's kind of the end of the conversation. And if not, I think that they think that probably the, the guys that they would, would get there, uh, you know, you could probably get after the draft. And, and, and mm-hmm. even then, like I said, there's opportunity to fill that position with other people that are already on the roster in other, you know, quote-unquote positions. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, how are the Cowboys going to be able to fill all these needs in the draft? Um, you know, they just have seven picks this year. It wouldn't be surprising to me if the Cowboys decided right. to maybe move up some of those comp picks that they're supposed to get from 2021. So maybe if they trade their third rounder for a mid-fourth rounder this year to get a slot receiver. Or maybe maybe they like somebody like Benito Jones. I, I could certainly see them giving up one of their probably, what, 11, 12 picks that they're going to have next year. Uh, to kind of fill some of those holes. So just something to keep an eye on. Um, One more thing on the defensive tackles before we move on to Mock Draft Monday. Um, Malik Collins' contract, his details came out today. He got a one-year deal uh, worth just $6 million from the Raiders with a little bit of incentives in it. Uh, So basically, Gerald McCoy and Malik Collins got a very, very similar deal. Uh, Knowing what you know now, Landon, which player would you rather have for the Cowboys? Because I saw some arguments today that if, you know, knowing the price, they probably would have brought back Malik Collins because he's younger, the ceiling's higher. What do you think about those two now? I mean, uh, this is no disrespect to Malik Collins, but it it felt like he was one of these guys that it was always something, you know? And and I agree. His ceiling is always going to be higher because, again, he's still crazy young. 
crazy young for being on a, a free agent at this point. I think he's still 24, right? Or something like that. Mm. And uh, I think, yeah, I think he has the upside to, to get there. But I just, I think for this year, I mean, we'll see what we got at McCoy. But I think for this year, we, we upgraded. I can't speak for next year. And, and I mean, just because I, mean, I don't know what we'll see from. I think there's a good chance that we upgrade. I, I don't know if I can speak with certainty, but I just think, uh, you know, I was there for for all the training camp with Malik Collins and and the hype that was created there, and and mm-hmm. it's it just it never converted. You know, it just never. I still got, think he's a good player, though. Like, I he know. Just never I took do. That next I step. do too. Yeah. yeah. I think. I but I think that. There's a good chance. I'm starting to worry now that I think that you'll will always be waiting for that next step. Yeah, I like the way that Katie Drummond put it on Twitter today. I'm going to read his exact tweet. Uh, he said Collins has a six million dollar hit in 2020. McCoy is at 4.3 million uh, in 2020 as well. Uh, the Cowboys can cut McCoy after one year with two million dollars of the dead with dead cap. So basically, it's a one year deal versus a one year deal for Collins and McCoy. Uh, McCoy is about 300000 more if the Cowboys decide to cut him after this year. But the only difference is the Cowboys have the option to keep Collins at a pretty cheap – or yeah, keep uh, – excuse me, keep McCoy at a pretty cheap rate if he performs well this year. So if you're looking at these two deals, yes, Collins is younger, but the Cowboys probably get the better value here, McCoy. He's proven uh, – he, I think he's certainly a better run defender than what Collins is at this point. Maybe the pass rushing is dropping off a little bit. Uh, but I think at the very least, it's probably a wash for 2020, correct? Uh, I mean, let's put it this way. Where was the rest of, of his market? You know, where, where, where was the rest of, of, of Malik Collins' market here? Well, because- I, I almost think this is one of those things where Collins was going to take a one-year deal almost no matter what. Yeah. Right. Go with Rob Marinelli because yeah, he's no, trying to get paid multiple times. And I think that's the point is that I think uh, – you know, every, these are all prove-it guys. Now, whether you're 24 proving that you can even do this or you're 31 and proving you can still do this, I, I think that's, you know, it's six one half dozen the other, you yeah, know? Sure. And so I, I think ultimately they've they've taken a trade of, okay, we're, start, we're, we're done kind of waiting to pay, keep paying this guy to see if he'll ever take that next step. And, and and moving it to okay, this is the guy who's been there. The question is how far, how quickly is he this you know falling off the mountain? Sure. So yeah, it's just and a I, different I don't, philosophy. I, was say, I don't think this is the reason that you sign a guy over Collins, but I do think there's some value in having Gerald McCoy in that locker room helping Tristan Hill take the next step. Right, having two twenty two, twenty three yeah. year old defense tackles on the same yeah. team. Maybe that's a little bit too much inexperience at that position. So just something to keep in mind uh, as we're going forward. All right, Landon, Mock Draft Monday. Uh, yeah. I always love this segment. Our, we've got a new Mock Draft from Jordan Reed from the Draft Network, not the tight end, uh, but the draft analyst. Um, in this mock, it's very interesting because uh, starting at pick 14, you have Javon Kinlaw going to the Bucks. Uh, Henry Ruggs falling to 15. C.J. Henderson goes 16 to the Falcons, which seems – Almost like a lock now that they cut Desmond Trufant and really have no corners on that team. Uh, and that leaves Cowboys taking Clavon Chase on at number 17. Uh, I do find it funny that, um, you know, early on in January and February, 
Uh, we saw a lot of safeties, you know, Delpit McKinney going to the Cowboys at that pick. Now we're seeing guys like Kelly Von Chase on CJ Henderson. Uh, let's talk about that pick. How would you feel if the Cowboys took Chase on at pick 17? I would feel good. I mean, I'm a fan. I mean, I think we've discussed this a lot on, on the pod. I, I think this is an ascending player who's incredibly young. Uh, I think people are trying to compare him to Mingo and everything, but I think he's Dan, Daniel Hunter. You know, I think he's a guy that um, was incredibly young in college playing against SEC competition and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and in the big games at the end of his very young career started to really come on and started to take that next step and started to put it together and, and kind of recovering from injuries and getting it all together. I, I, I love his, I love his, you know, work ethic, his attitude. Uh, you know, I, I think he's, I, 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 it still kind of astounds me how underhyped he is, I guess, because of, of just not a large volume of great, of, of, of elite tape. I was but, gonna say that not having a pro day here might help Dallas a little bit, right? Yeah, maybe. Because I think I think if Chason would have had his pro day, I mean, this, this it's kind of weird to say, but uh, without the pro day, I think there's a pretty good chance he's there at 17. Maybe I feel really, really strongly that if LSU was able to have a pro day and Chason was able to perform in front of all the scouts, it would be there ain't no way he's yeah. he and there's no way he's getting the 17. So no. this is a chance for you to get maybe a top. 10, 12 player in this draft at pick 17 because of some some ridiculous circumstances. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that's becoming a more and more likely pick. But, Lena, the pick I really want to talk to you about is pick number 51. The Cowboys select defensive tackle Justin <laughs> Matabuke from Texas A&M. Now, if you go back and listen to Friday's uh, podcast, the very last thing we said is, uh, a homework assignment for everybody out there. Go watch Justin Matabuke. Try to put on two or three games. Uh, reevaluate him. Landon, you did that this weekend. What did you think in your rewatch? Uh, I mean, I was being pushed around and bullied by John Owning to go back and watch him. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, again, I think this is a good internet scouting conversation, too. I, I've generally kind of struggled at times with... Uh, Allowing a number, I, I think, with the number of allowed snaps of, of bad snaps that elite, even elite defensive linemen can have. Like it, it, the, the, the yeah. position is so much more splashy than the offensive line. You know where you where consistency is more what you're looking for. And, it's just the opposite for defensive and, linemen, isn't it? Yeah. If you make one or two plays out of seventy in a game, that's that's all you need. That's all you need. And I think that, you know, this is a dude who is one of those, you know, there's a planet theory element to it where he's got this just a certain amount of explosion, quickness. You know, he's undersized, but I think you could probably put him put some more weight on him. And I think, you know, that kind of athleticism and movement skills at his current weight can translate with another ten or fifteen pounds. Uh, and I and I think if you project that out, like he's a guy who um, I think has the the tools and, and you know has certainly a certain amount of skills now uh, that that he uh, that he could be uh, you know a six to eight sack guy and you know, maybe more mm-hmm. if if he really unlocks it. And I think that he can learn to be a better run defender and learn to get you know deal with double teams better and just. I think a lot of that other stuff can come with being in an NFL weight room for a while. But, you know, I just feel like after I watched a couple more games, 
maybe I had been a little bit too um, harsh when I looked at the kind of... It, I think my thing more, mostly was that I felt like he had a great set of tools, and I didn't feel like he availed himself of them very well. I felt like players got their hands on his chest way too easily, and he didn't put enough effort there to use his length. I, that's something that they could probably teach him and unlock a little bit better. But, um, you know, I've also seen guys bust out with that kind of issue before. So I, I, defensive line is tough because everyone has had that defensive lineman that they loved, that they were sure was going to be a, a superstar, and... Like never even never even got on the field or totally busted yeah. out. So, yeah. Um, I yeah I I just kind of got those kind of red flags. But the more I watched, the more I felt like he has you know upside that is worth investing in. Yeah. So you know how much I like to use some of the numbers here on defensive linemen to kind of create some filters to look at you know uh, some athleticism and production. So really quickly. Uh, here is the list of defensive tackles who ran a sub 4-9 that averaged over one tackle for a loss per game in college. This is since 2005. Are you ready for the names? Mm-hmm. Nick Fairley, J.J. Watt, Quinnen Williams, Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins, Xavier Cooper, and Justin Matabuke. That is the entire list right there. Wow. Now, Matabuke's production is on the lower side where, you know, Watt, Quinnen Williams, Fletcher Cox had, you know, much better production, but he kind of hits that threshold of there's just not many guys that are this big and fast and athletic uh, coming into the draft. So if that's somebody you can take at 51, please sign me up, stash him behind, uh, you know, uh, Gerald McCoy, let him compete with Tristan Hill for snaps because I just think the ceiling is so high there, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think... And Nick Fairley is a name that keeps coming back into my mind at times I'm watching him. So uh, That's a good comp for him, right? Yeah. Very similar size, yeah. uh, similar athletes. Fairley was the better college player. Yeah. Uh, but this is why you're getting Matabuke at, you know, fifty one rather than, you know, in the top twelve or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I just we've kind of heard some whispers over the last couple of weeks that that's somebody the Cowboys are really interested in. Um, I'm I'm not convinced that he gets there at fifty one. Uh, but if he is there, I think that's you know maybe the dream pick for the Cowboys there, assuming they don't go defensive tackle in the first round. Like I think they would love to to get C.J. Henderson and then grab a Matabuke in the second round. Um, finishing up with this mock draft, the Cowboys take cornerback Troy Pride Jr. Uh, in the third round. Uh, he's interesting. Played well with the Senior Bowl. Um, you know the Cowboys are probably going to need to continue to to revamp that secondary, even despite bringing back Anthony Brown. Again, remember Jordan Lewis, Jadobi Wuzier, both on one-year deals. Um, so the Cowboys have a lot of work to do in the secondary. Any thoughts on Troy Pride? Have you seen him yet? Yeah, I mean a little bit, not not a ton, but I, I, yeah, I mean I think he is a guy who has some tools there. Uh, but I, I think that you know I've there's a, the, the Virginia kid Bryce Hall who went yeah, uh, yep. 60. I think I prefer him a little bit better. So do I. Um, but yep. Yeah. I, I Troy Price not a bad player though, from what I saw. Um, I just uh, an upside guy. Uh, maybe I think if I remember correctly, kind of undersized. Yeah, five eleven. I, I remember. Yeah, a little bit undersized, and uh, I think he uh, plays a little bit undersized if I remember correctly. But I thought he was a good cover guy. Yeah, um, a couple of picks after the Cowboys. Hunter Bryant from Washington. We both like him. I think we'd be okay with him at that yep. spot. Yep. Uh, Chase Claypool, uh, Jordan Brooks, a linebacker from Texas Tech. Devon so, Hamilton. Uh, 
Devon Hamilton, your guy, you know, that's a maybe starting nose tackle in late day three. So a lot of fun names uh, in the second, third round for the Cowboys. I think you can get, uh, you know, three starters in this draft. Uh, we'll continue to, to look at these mock drafts all the way leading up to the NFL draft. Uh, but that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.